Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So I stayed home, and I was, but I was doing the work that I needed to do, right? And then I was like, I need to focus, so I took an Adderall, and then I spent the next eight and a half hours on MySpace hitting up bands that I liked, asking them to listen to my band, who had just released a new three-song demo on MySpace. <laughs> and I didn't, uh, was unfazed. I didn't stop to eat. I didn't stop to drink water. Nothing. Just, hey, what's up? I think I messaged, like, Gideon. I messaged, like, <laughs> band, like bands like that. And, like, looking back on it, I'm like, fuck, I'm really glad they don't remember me. Because I, <laughs> I look like a psychopath. They're like, do you, like, do I know you for something? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. He's on. Can I go? you <laughs> walking blind is hosted by overly emotional dudes who overthink and overanalyze everything nothing the host say should be taken as medical advice or opinion they're not professional they're about to make that very clear What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Walking Blind Podcast. This is episode 110 of the show where we like to normalize checking on the homies. I'm Mike. That is also Mike. And keeping the rhymes going, we got our boy Tyke in the building. What's Ooh. good, y'all? What's good? <laughs> Welcome, man. Man, thank y'all for having me, bro. It's good to be in the studio with y'all. You know, like you're saying, regulating, checking up on homies. And that's some stuff I really like doing from music to everything in life. Yeah, man. Dude, I'm I'm excited you're here because one, uh, you know, I like bringing in other perspectives because a lot of what we do is like hardcore hip hop, uh, and and having the hip hop element come into play is is fucking dope for me, uh, you know. But also, when I was messaging you, we brought up like back in what 2005, 2006 era. Yeah, oh five, oh six. You, you have a heavy heavy background. We've probably played shows together. We've been on flyers together. More than likely. And that that's the one thing about it. Like uh it was my claim to fame in a sense. It's where I got my ego in the scene. But yeah, playing mm -hmm. bass for how to dismount old plague. Uh we were based out of like Victorville. That's where our singer mm -hmm. lived at and stuff like that. Uh, it was the shit slapping bass for three years was my life and I loved it it was my sanity it was my therapy it was my introduction to touring and sort of survival at a young age yeah uh it was nice and 
it gave me a little bit of everything that I sort of like reflect back to who I am now, whether it's fighting, whether it's me loving the shit out of what I do, whether it's music, hanging out with my friends, taking care of my son, being with my lady, it just all culminates to I loved heavy music and I was passionate about that shit. So everything else that I'm going to do now as a grown man came from that love of that weird heavy music that sort of yeah. all brought us together. Yeah. Dude, and uh, and for How to Dismantle a Plague, um, we'll, like we touched on it for a little bit and then we can kind of move on to what you're doing now. But that back then, you know, that was heavy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was like, shit was beat down <laughs> in your face fucking... It was, it, it was, I... It made sense because in this era, in the early era of what I consider like SoCal hardcore, there was not really, you didn't start a band and say, oh, we want to sound like this. It was more like, okay, you play guitar, I know you, you play bass, I know you, you play drums, all right, we're kind of fucking good, like, let's just jam out. So jam sessions turned into, I want to say it was like a fusion of like, groove death metal with like a sense of like beat down because i i'll say it and i know it's going to sound crazy but our vocalist sean was the vocalist of murder death kill right mm. right so their song was a song that we created at yeah. that point in time so suffocation was the song that blew them up in a sense after we disbanded sean did what he did i have no malice in my heart towards it because a song that we wrote was still being played in the world and shit like that so it was dope to see and it was just cool because even when i hit people with that when gabe threw our demo up Mm -hmm. uh on youtube i couldn't find that shit nowhere i had no solid (laughs) copies i had no merch dude the archivist man (laughs) and i love it because gabe will hit you right in the kidneys out of nowhere and i remember i hit him up he said where i said where did you find this (laughs) it was in a it was in a crate somewhere man I, i i know that people wanted it and even now going back to that demo I was not the the bass player on that demo. So that's the right. one thing I, I, I can't take credit for. That was Chewy when he recorded it. And then I want to say Trent might have played a song when he recorded that. But playing those songs, getting to formulate songs, getting to write music with some of my best friends at the time and to travel all over SoCal and play it mm-hmm. and meet some of the best dudes that I still have in my life. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was banging, man. And it was, it was at a time where I was lost. So I was drinking a lot of lean popping a lot of bars while playing these shows so i don't i don't remember them a lot (laughs) but the ones i do remember like when we played with suicide silence at karma uh when we played with white chapel at trilogy theater in victorville like trilogy and karma were our big spots and we knew travis who was booking the shows out there and he would put us on the bigger show. So impending doom, we always opened up for. Those were our boys. They were the Riverside boys and shit like that. So I mean, I don't know, man. I love going down memory lane because it was something that really instilled in my heart. Just love, love for music, love for creating, love for. At the end of the day, I wake up. No one might know me, but I could put a song on, and someone might have heard it. Someone might have, someone might have heard that right. shit and punched someone in the face at one point. <laughs> And looked at me and said, yes, this is what I needed. So I gave someone what I wanted when I went to a show and I was catching tear and I'm catching different punk bands as a young kid. It just, mm-hmm. ugh, it just yeah, gave me that dude. feeling. Just gave me that feeling. 
Dude, that's so sick. You got me pumped up, man. <laughs> oh, shit. You guys got me oh, pumped dude, up. And that's dude. the one thing. Like I said, it's it's weird because I don't have too many homies that we can go back and talk about the good old days. And in the same sense, I do. Mm. And so it's always weird when I can talk about the old days with people that I didn't necessarily communicate with, but we could still tie in and sit there and be like, oh, shit. Yeah, I don't remember you, but guess what? I remember yeah. seeing your band's name on flyers with us. Right. Like I remember playing with diff- different bands and shit like that to where it was like, it really is a community. Yeah. And it's a community that cares. It's a community that gives back. It's a community that takes as shitty as it is because mm-hmm. they got to have that balance in mm-hmm. life. But like we said, man, the heavies, I, I think whoever i believe in i think the bigger the bigger upbringing somewhere that i'm glad i discovered heavy music yeah and i'm glad that it opened my eyes to go and say oh you know what i want to go dabble in jazz i want to go dabble in funk i want to go dabble in anything else because when people were looking at me before it got cool to a sense people would look at me you go to shows and do that like Mm mm-hmm Oh, can I hear your band? Oh, never mind. That's it's not yeah. what I thought it was. Like I thought you were in like a, a rock band, not a screaming band. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sorry, you guys. Like that's what I do. It's heavy, guys. <laughs> you know what can I say? <clears throat> um, and then so that that band, um, so like you said, had members of Murder Death Kill. Mm-hmm. Also, I believe some of those dudes went on to Sovereign Strength. Sovereign Strength. Uh, from the from all the times, yeah, Nelson. Uh, are we went through so many drummers but i want to say the original drummer of sovereign strength mm-hmm. chris was our drummer and i want to say we even had jordan filling i want to say guitar or bass when i was filling in something else so i mean sovereign strength how to dismantle a plague and i ah, not face your maker because i don't want to fuck that up there was another band uh from apple valley mm-hmm. and the three of us were real tight so if right. ht mm-hmm. dap was on a show sovereign strength was going to play if sovereign mm-hmm. strength was on a show they were going to get us and the other band so it just that was our little run yeah. and, and even the dudes in betrayal yeah like they went and yeah. did bigger shit but i remember when they would come out and play the desert we played with them so getting to know shake and sean and brandon and all the different dudes like it was just cool as hell to see bands that we were playing with after we stopped still doing mm-hmm. shit because it really gave me the thought in my head and not like a regret but we probably would have did yeah. something if we had our head screwed on straight but shit we we're teenagers trying to drink beers and <laughs> just be cool man as crazy as it sounds and we did it but yeah. it didn't pay off and and speaking cool. of speaking of shake though, fucking killing it. Dog, right I'm fucking. Oh my god. <clears throat> it. I want to say, and I, I I ain't gonna put him on blast, but Andrew, if you watch this, I love you. But shake, man, it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Cause I want to say he moved away, like after betrayal and everything sort of died down, and then he just came back with this flow and this different style, and he was shitting on the game because he was still himself. Yeah. That's who that's who that's who Shake's always been. We'd go sit in the back of the betrayal van and would smoke that thing out until we couldn't breathe anymore. <laughs> and then we'd go play a show. He'd go mosh for my band, I'd go mosh for his band, and we would just it would just be nutty. But I'm so proud of everything he's yeah. doing, man, from fucking being signed to G59 to even still showing love to the hardcore scene and yeah. stuff like that. Cause that's one thing I feel when people 
go in a different lane, people forget at a certain right. point. But to the ones it had a big fucking impact on, you can't forget. So I would be, I would be, I'd be real fake to sit there and be like, nah, man, like I don't really go to shows that much, so I don't remember it. Like, nah, it was a very big yeah. part of my teenage years that. <laughs> shit man that was my wonder years <laughs> i'm in my prime right now but the wonder years it was it was beautiful so getting to see shake grow up and just become a man and just take over the game bro and to get the respect from hardcore kids that grew up with them to see kids that never even knew he was in a band flip out when they see him at different shows and shit like right. that so it's like wow bro you have all these generations that missed out on betrayal but they get to experience shake and it's just cool because then it gives people that never listen to hardcore and they only listen to shake mm -hmm. all right well i can what's yeah. this heavy stuff he's listening to who's that band drain oh and it just yeah. opens doors which is the most beautiful thing for music when you can open doors for someone else mm -hmm. and that's just giving back yeah yeah i yeah i love it because it's like well even i've seen with you too like the the picture that we posted today like you're doing a hip hop show rocking a terror shirt, yeah, right? Sick. You know, and that's like, no. See, I will stop you guys. It's a it? terror rip. Oh, is it? Oh, but is it's it? my own shirt. Oh, oh no cool. shit. So it's the old school. Dope. Yeah, it's the old school tee, and then it says uh, the endeavors you express creatively on the back. But the fact that you said that means I did my job. That makes it even cooler. Because when I told <laughs> my dude Ryan, uh, the bass player for Broken Mouth, mm -hmm. I was like, "Hey, man." I, I want you to make me a terror rip. And he looked and he was like, well, what do you mean? I said, I just want an old school, old English tea. And then just boom, old school, old make, English on the back. What my name like means. Shirt, yeah. And he said, I got you. And he fucking printed these shirts up. And I, I will bring you guys some merch just because I didn't even put two and two <laughs> together. But I will bring you guys some stuff. But no, that makes me happy because no, it's not I, a terror shirt. I straight shirt. thought it was a terror Same, shirt. Dude, and I was dude. stoked on it too. Mm -hmm. Dude, that, that's even better. Cause I, love, I love the like, the subtle rips or like the um i even like the like bootleg shirts like when you see bootleg brand shirts and shit yeah. i think to this day i've had many pieces of merch i think the one that i still have is my nasty shirt and it's a, a master of the universe it's a skeletor rip <laughs> glows in the dark and everything but i think my favorite shirt still to this day was uh what was it, the Unbroken Wings one, where they ripped the two live crew picture and it was booties on the beach? Mm. <laughs> that See, that shit is where I got, all right, if hardcore bands are ripping hip-hop, I can make hip-hop and rip a hardcore yeah, that's band. Like, that's, paying, that's paying homage to how I learn. Like That's paying, yeah. giving credit. Uh, and, and like you said, there's going to be, there's a, you know, you'll, you might find a kid who's going to be like, oh, what's, what's that from? And you can be like, I actually ripped this off from the sick hardcore band. Mm -hmm. Check it out. You know, put a new kid on to just keeps that circle or? fully going too. Yeah. Like you, like you said, I, someone can sit there and be like, "Oh shit, is that a tear shirt?" Nah, man, it's a tight shirt. Oh, who's yeah. that? Well, that's me. I make hip hop. If you want to check it out, but grew up listening to the heavy, so you yeah. might fuck with it because the shit that I rap about isn't necessarily gang banging and street violence. It's being a kid coming up in a hard situation sometimes yeah. that you're just trying to figure out how to maneuver life and shit. End of the day, no matter if it's hip-hop hardcore country we're all just trying to figure out that little path of life where we can just maneuver just a little bit easier man because y'all yep. know that's just gonna knock you down all the time but if i could hit a left and veer right real quick and still keep on my path 
and be a little bit better up here, I ain't losing. No. Can't lose that one. And and I think a big thing too is that I we kind of touched on this a little bit last week. We had Alex on. Um and uh you know the the correlation between hip hop and hardcore and like even punk stuff is so close because there there's so much like rooted in the same like groovy, bouncy, you know, vibes to both types of music that they play well together. Yeah, they right? they really like, do. And and now let me, I'm gonna be the first to say that like I love hip hop, love rap, hate a lot of the heavy vocalists that are trying to rap in their stuff because it feels it doesn't it feels disingenuous. But there are a few people who can pull it off. There definitely are, and I know sort of like the like the drill rap kind of stuff where they're screaming over stuff like da 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 da. Yeah. It's okay. I get it, but nah, there are there are some acts that I really do like. Like uh, I'm trying to think, uh, was it Sauce Mula City Morgue? Mm-hmm. Like they're really good at blending guitars and certain like drum riffs, but it still has this grimy hip hop feel, almost like yeah. some Memphis type shit, some old Three Six Mafia, like Project Pat and stuff like that. Where all right, Bouncy. Y- y'all are gonna yeah. turn up, right. and that's your way of letting your voice out. We all got to have a voice and let it out when we make music so it's like all right you scream and that's your tone that's what you like doing and you're gonna kill it but there is a lot i hear and i'm saying oh man i i I just for me personally i don't like how it went with such a drastic like following with like oh if if you do hip-hop you can mix hardcore metal with it and it'll instantly gain some sort of traction and i feel people use that sort of niche to sell it because mm-hmm. i know there's a lot of motherfuckers that make i don't even know what to call it drill music or hard hop i don't know but <laughs> it's i don't feel it's really genuine mm-hmm. i feel it's okay this is what's good right now or this is what's sort of getting the attention of people let me let me just do that instead of all right let me create my own little formula let me let me find out what works. Let me find out what doesn't. Because even with my musical journey, the songs I wrote seven years ago aren't the songs that I'm writing now. Mm. Even in my delivery, uh, my cadence, my my lyrical structure, the way that I actually know how to count bars and measures now, something that I forgot just from being so dumb and ignorant to it (laughs) that I had to reteach myself music because I'm classically trained in music as a kid, like playing trumpet and stuff like that in band for almost fourth grade to ninth grade. So, I mean, five years, but it it was a good five years and it taught me a lot. So it's like... I, I, I seem like a hater when it comes to the harder rap sort of merger, but, you know, it's all music. It's all good. I I learned to formulate my music in a way that works for me because a lot of people expected me to be doing the screamo sort of stuff or the, the screaming heavier music. And when I presented just more like a lyrical content of like, nah, bro, I just like chilling. I'm, yeah. And that's me. And I can tell that story. And I'm sorry for even going on that tangent because I know this shit just went on a full 360. <laughs> okay. And that's how I get down. But no, nah, like, it works. Music's beautiful. I'm sorry for that one, guys. That one went no, completely no, So for, for me, because I, I, don't, I don't know if I necessarily know what kind of music you guys are talking about because I don't know if I've heard that, that kind of music. 
it does it feel just genuine because it's is it guys that are like in heavy music trying to trying to break into hip hop in that way, or is it guys in hip hop trying to take what people doing heavy music and breaking in that way? I want to say the latter. I feel okay. it's people that once again might have heard City Morgue sitting on their computer and said, "Oh man, this looks really cool." In a uh, like a culture vulture sort of thing, they're yeah. taking these things and it they don't really know what it's about. Mm. And I hate being that way, but and it's not gatekeeping, but if you don't go to hardcore shows, right? Don't, don't yeah. mix it. I, I'm not right. being a hater. If you hear something and you like it and you want to sample that for your music, by all means, but don't have this persona of, "Oh, this is what I'm about. This is what I do." When you're probably at the house just reading comic books, which isn't wrong, but just be who you are. Don't don't think all oh, the hardcore scene's hard, so everyone's just gonna assume I'm hard now. Like, nah, if you're a loser, the hardcore is a place for you. Like, yeah. hardcore is some of the. <laughs> I'm a loser, but hardcore made me hard. I had to live it. You had to go through it. You had to go to shows. You had to go see people that didn't like you. You had to go get beat up. You had to go. <laughs> party with your crew and have people hate on you and stuff like that so yeah that's my opinion on it i feel it's not genuine and the same way people said oh alvis took from like old blues musicians and shit like that that's what i really feel it is they're just taking the cool shit about it mm. and trying to make it their own when nah man you gotta find out what's cool in yeah. hardcore you gotta find out what you like you gotta like the i don't uh, know man i don't know i've Good. Say the for I remember I remember for me like uh, I used to I used to kind of get like early on in high school I feel like I, people would think like I was kind of elitist now and how I felt about punk rock you are I am but <laughs> but it, but the way the way I saw it was like I thought I thought of it as like whenever like somebody would like find out like hear this one song or see you know see one like. Pennywise music video and and be like oh now I'm like into them and I go to the show I like Broham like for me yeah but it, like yeah. I, I think I think what, what it was for me was uh, I had a hard time with that because I was like dude I worked so hard to find these bands I worked so hard to find you know this genre because like my my introduction was Green Day and then from Green Day it was like okay what else is what else is catchy oh like and then from there I went on these like like more like the more underground more obscure punk bands and then i started to really find these like bands that you really had to dig for and like it was it was just exciting and like you know going on that journey was like my close friends and then like you meet you know you start meeting people that are like oh i heard this band and like i heard this one song and like now i have their t-shirts and stuff and it's like yeah fuck i don't even know their t-shirt you know what i mean like i just <laughs> felt like i just felt like i'd put in so much effort and then people would show up just mm -hmm. kind of like cutting line that's how it felt because like you said you we we came from a time i know age-wise a little bit different but in the same generation like we didn't have a computer to sit there and be like right. oh let me just right. find all this music or social media wasn't so big to where check out this new band for fans of this like no we had to go out of our way and you either had a homie that had the cd booklet mm -hmm. that would be a million cds yeah. or you had that one friend who you would send your iPod to and they would load it with all the music. <laughs> that was the one way, I, the two ways I remember getting music and had homies at a certain point like, hey, and coming into Folsom, when when I got into Folsom, I remember hitting my friend, I'm like, what's that? Let me get that in my iPod. And he was like, oh, no, nah, you can't get that one. 
what? All right, <laughs> fuck, man. A month, month went by. Hey, man, I see a seed. So I, let me get that Folsom. Let me get that Folsom folder right there. And he was like, you know what? I think you earned it. You earned, you earned your stripes. And so he was like, here you go. And it was beautiful because to have those elitist friends, it sucked during the moment. Mm -hmm. But at a certain point, it made me appreciate the bands just a little bit more because it wasn't thrown in my face. It, I tried to go dig in the mud and go find it. Yep. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> oh, dude. I... I, I can't, it's like, I hated it, but also there's like, I, I missed the whole looking through booklets. Is this a band or is this someone's name? And yeah. then like, and then looking through like, like the booklets and seeing like, you know, what, what is that a t-shirt of a band or is that just something obscure? Mm -hmm. And then like trying to search for it. And then dude, it, like I had, my notebooks were crazy. Cause I, like, <laughs> I remember looking at like zines and stuff like that. Yeah. And you'd see like somebody ran an ad and it's mm -hmm. the shittiest ad, but you're like, that looks kind of cool, right? Like I'm gonna check it out, and half half the time it sucked. Other other times you're like, I found a fucking gem in here. Like, I found a band that I never would have expected, dude. Or even yeah. dude, even going to like like uh, I feel I feel blessed to have grown up when I did because being from Riverside, I had I had the barn. The barn was still doing shows. I had the showcase theater. Showcase theater was doing shows. Oh my god! Yeah, I had. Um, you, you guys were lucky enough to be like one of the resident showcase bands too. Like yeah, NBR got to play a lot, a lot. But uh, that being said, like I remember there would be times when it's like, like you know, especially for Ryan Seaver and my buddy and I, where it's like, okay, we have enough. Who's playing this weekend? Do you do you know any of these bands? But well, we're gonna go anyway. Let's go. Font looks cool. Let's go. Yeah. And, you know, hit and miss. Sometimes we show up and it's like like metal and we felt super out of place. Sometimes it was like like super crust punks and we felt super out of place. <laughs> out of place. You know what I mean? But it's just like, but that's what, it was like exciting, you know? Or, you know, I can't, I, I found uh, this, this, oh man, I'm going on such a tangent. Um, you know, I, I wanted to go see, uh, at the time, uh, I was really into a band called Slick Shoes and they were playing at Cuckoo's Cafe. Okay. Did you guys ever go to that place in Santa Ana? It's like mm -hmm. a, it was like a house. Mm. It was like basically a house. And so, um, you know, I knew I knew they were playing. I didn't know who any of the bands were, but we're like, well, we don't know these bands. Let's go check them all out. Go see them. Got there yeah. early. There was this, the opening band. They were, they were this pop punk band. Thought they were sick. And like went, introduced myself uh, to the singer and like asked if I could buy his, you know, they had a CD because I wanted to buy it. And he was just like, dude, if you want it, I will give it to you. Because they were getting kind of a hard time for some people that were there. Yeah. Come to find out later, the people giving them a hard time were their own homies. It was Zach from Event Sevenfold. Oh, oh shit, dude! And so, this is a very oh, microcosm to like how like <laughs> this. I had this weird. This became this like weird connection with Event Sevenfold. I remember and it's because this. I became friends from like checking out the left hand guitar player, mm -hmm. his his pop punk band, and just oh, wow. that's how I got his email. That's how we like stay in touch. And then when his when Avenge became Avenged. They like were still nice, to me, nice to me because I was, you know, supportive of the, the pop punk. See, band. that's always cool too, like, and it. I want to say I'm starting to notice it more. Just I'm, but just real quick. But it's like people don't do that no more. Where you have someone that's in metalcore band, and then all right, I'm gonna make pop punk music. Mm -hmm. I miss that, but I'm starting to notice it a little bit more now. And like even the homies are doing it. Like 
Um, I know the homie Dave is in 97 Minutes, but then he has his three or four little side projects mm-hmm. that he's doing, and they're all different genres. Mm-hmm. And I just feel that's really cool for music right now because people are just expressing themselves again, yeah, which gives you yeah. a different sound, and it gives people something different to pick up on. It, for creatives, it's cool as fuck because yeah. he might create something over here and not don't work but it might work with 97 minutes and mm-hmm. it's just i don't know it's just cool that people are still doing that because for for a long time i don't feel people were it was more i make this type of music this is all i'm gonna do mm-hmm. if you don't like it fuck you later mm-hmm. yeah and that that was one of the things that once again alex we had on last week from destruction of a king had said that like during that time it was like we we have to stay a cool band right like we have to be that cool band people need to think we're cool and then at some point if people no longer think you're cool they just stop showing up but now like there's like we said there's no rules anymore like the same dudes that are in the heaviest of bands also have like a fucking acoustic side project that like turnstile dude yeah dude fucking drummer from ty dude all those dudes were (laughs) in like the heaviest of projects and then Turnstile happens. There was, was just, a there fun was just something in the water. <laughs> I swear to God, because I, I know exactly what you mean. It's like it was just a super group, and then everyone else did something. And it was just another super group. Yeah, like, what yeah, the fuck? yeah. And it's always the fun side project that just we're just doing this to to do something cool with our friends, and then yeah. it takes off. Dude, right? boy, boy, Tony, freaking uh, played in Recon, mm-hmm. Case of Strain, and then the State Champs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what dude. which blew my mind when i found out about that's that but still crazy. Yeah. dude he, i mean it, but that's but that's just cool i, I think i respect that so much because it's like you're because that to me like you truly enjoy music like you it's something that you enjoy or or you enjoy the people you're doing it with mm. which is cooler you know like, and it really shows that it's an outlet it's all right fuck it i don't care if i'm making hip-hop i might make a country song one day i'm not saying i will but shit i might get in the mood where i hear a little guitar strumming and a boot kicking a drum and i might do some shit because i don't just hear music it it, i hear something else that i want to tell a story Mm -hmm. so whether it's over heavier music i could do it Mm -hmm. could i front a hardcore band probably not because i know no one wants to hear this. <laughs> but could I do different things with my voice that people might want to hear from hip hop to, I don't know, talking spoken word over a goddamn waterfall? I'll make something happen. I'll make something happen. <clears throat> um, so, like, let's, so before we dive into your current project, was there anything in between, um, like, how does Panel Plague and then basically all the shit that you're doing now? No, there was a big empty void of drugs and me becoming a father at the age of 18 Mm -hmm. and me trying to figure out how to live life. Because I want to say from HTDAP disbanding to me starting hip hop, I did nothing with music other than kicking a freestyle on the curb or something like that at work, but... 2008 2017 almost a good solid 10 years mm. of not creating of mm. going mentally insane and causing it to myself because I always knew music was my outlet mm. I always knew that was my way of just venting to the world and when I stopped doing it 
I don't know, when I started doing it with hip hop, I fucking got mad at myself because I, I wondered how I could leave music. Mm-hmm. But I was a young dad. I didn't know how to maneuver, going to shows, playing shows, taking care of my son. Because I was just so hyper fixated on being a dad, I didn't really know how to do anything else. Right. Son's almost 14 now. Our son is 14 now. Wow. Going to be 15 this year. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> so with that, coming back into music, he was six, seven. Mm-hmm. So for the past seven years, he's got to experience his dad creating. He's got to see a happier dad. He's got to see a dad that he probably wouldn't have seen. And as crazy as it was, I got into music. I won't go too big into it. I lost a good homie back in fucking we're in 2016. And I sort of went back into messing with the lean and the bars and the things that made me comfortable in coping mm. with taking a big loss. That one day my homie looked at me and he said, we're not doing this again. So we're going to get into you in the studio. And it was my homie Justin, who was part of my crew, Heavy Hands, back in the day, and someone that just always sort of looked out for me in a big brother sense. And I can never thank him enough for that, because that really saved my life, because I would not be here talking to you dudes. I'd probably be in the street strung out, or I'd probably be locked up for trying to do something stupid, because I thought I was a big, bad gangster when I was on these drugs. Or my son wouldn't have a dad and I'd just fucking be gone from this world. So there was a big empty gap from me doing music from HT Dap, but I feel like I really just had to live life a little bit and get knocked over the head a couple times and and deal with losses and, and growing up and becoming a man to finally sit there and say, like, I got a story to tell. Right. And in the first release it was it was the picture of it is my boy like Mm -hmm. those are stories i needed to just get off my heart from heartbreak to to just sort of dabbling on talking about me being a drug addict and finally admitting it to a certain point Mm -hmm. to now i can make music and not be ashamed of who i was Mm -hmm. at any point in my life so Mm -hmm. if i make a song and i happen to use a line about doing Xanax or doing coding back in the day. It's not me glorifying the shit. It's not me saying, oh, hey, you know what? Go do it. Like all the rappers told me to do it when I was coming up. But it's shedding some insight. I'm a normal motherfucker just like anyone else that can fall to the evil, that can fall to the to the wicked, but can also come back and say, you know what? I took those licks, but I kept on ticking at the end yeah. of the day, homie. And that was the most beautiful thing about it. Yeah, music really saved me in the whole and I know people say that I know you could talk to a million people that could look you in the eye and tell you that but certain people you feel it right? and I know from the jump I would not be here and I, I love that because I feel like there's people who you know have an opportunity I'm sure we all have we when we talk with friends and they'll, they'll share that oh music saved my life and I love that so much, but I, I like it even more when it's like music saved my life, and now I'm and I create music now, and I share it because that that comes out and that resonates, and I always feel like people who have had experiences with, or even if, even if they don't even do music, you know, even if they like just just are, being a creative in general, yeah, 
like they do something find an outlet it's painting or they express those or either just become like more uh so like uh more what's the, what's the word comfortable speaking on what they've been through yeah like that is so like to me that's like that's like real that's like real tangible like i don't even know what to call it. i don't even know what to call it like i call it being a weapon when i talk about people who like who have survived you know uh you know, for what I what I talk about, like people who have survived, uh, like suicide attempts or survived even just those scary moments of depression, people mm-hmm. who have survived addiction, it's like, dude, if like, do not be like scared about like speaking what of what you've been through because like you've survived it. That is so much strength in itself, and if you're willing to share that, like that that changes lives, that saves people, and that is like it's commendable because people like you say people don't do that people from heavy music to everywhere else you could just have this persona of all right well this is who i am and if i say fuck you every day then that's who you're going to expect me to be but at the end of the day to be a little bit vulnerable with people and sit like you said sit there and say you know what i was a fucking junkie was i sitting there shooting up heroin or smoking meth nah but i was still hell of getting fucked up on pharmaceuticals and i was a piece of shit gets better though you don't always got to be a piece of shit. You don't always got to keep the mentality of, all right, shit sucks. So let me just add to the shit pile. Like, nah, man, get a shovel and dig your way out. It's going to stink for a little bit, but it's life. Shit ain't always good and it ain't always bad. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so what if you step in shit and you bring it into your friend's studio? <laughs> you know, you just clean it off. No one has to get upset. And, you know, you have to record uh, the next song or two wearing only one shoe because you stepped in shit. It happens. Hey, shit, happens. what do they say? Mm-hmm. Shit happens. It happens. It happens. <laughs> Dude. Well, let's let's talk the, what, the, the, what got you, what got you started or how'd you even get started and where to go from there? Getting start, like getting started with hip hop and stuff like that. Yeah. It started... Probably back in 2012, when I first moved out of Rialto, because I was born and bred in Rialto, California, but moved to Palm Springs, started working at a weed dispensary, and once again, my good homie Justin got me the job there, looked at me one day, and he said, I'm going to throw a beat on freestyle. Okay, big homie tells you to do something, I'm a soldier, so... Fuck it up. Guess I'll rap. I've never done this before, but we'll try it. And something just made sense. And the first freestyle I ever spit, I don't remember what the hell it was. I could tell you the first song I wrote, but it just made sense. It just kind of flowed. I fell off a little bit, but he looked at me and he said, dog, you got to do something with this. Because he said, I haven't heard anything. I wasn't really happy. So, like, I haven't heard anything that made you smile in a long time is what he said to me. Right. And I looked at him and I said, man, you know what? Let's do a little freestyle battle at the shops on Fridays. And if people come in and they beat me, they can get a free eighth. All right, cool. So now (laughs) I'm I'm freestyle battling up-and-coming rappers from Palm Springs, Coachella Valley, and stuff like that. And I'm not a rapper this was before i even considered myself an mc i think i had the name tight because i always loved tagging so i always just made little monikers and names and shit for myself but i'm starting to notice that okay 
Joe Blow came to to battle me and you know he he wasn't that good but homie over here came and he really takes pride in his craft and he was trying to deliver some shit all right tommy i think you got something here so years go by and i'm just late because once again i'm still on drugs Mm -hmm. just lazily living through life doing this freestyle shit um 2016 hits good homie overdoses we go back into that dark train my boy looks at me and obviously in his words i look like shit and we're not doing this again mm-hmm. took me into the studio because he was going to school for music engineering and production mm-hmm. so i lucked up i got a free producer that wanted to look out for me mm-hmm. and then i want to say date wise i'm looking november of 2017 i put out the 12 songs I made. I made a first EP called Redemption Compassion and there was like five songs on there and then a month later I dropped Seven Deadly Sins which was another seven songs that I wrote and I actually kind of went a little hard and it showed me a lot because now I have music in the world that people can judge and the first songs suck but they were my truth. They might suck to people but every little word I wrote I'm not unhappy with like I needed to start somewhere to build up where I'm at now and then after Seven Deadly Sins I want to say I dropped just another Rialto resident and that was during the pandemic Mm -hmm. which kind of fucked me over because 2019 I started doing local shows and shit like Mm -hmm. that pandemic hit put everything on the back burner so I'm sitting there like oh fuck well can't do shows might as well put out music so in the pandemic I don't want to get lost with like project names, but I want to say from 2020 to 2021 end, there's probably like three or four projects I completed. EPs, full lengths. Like I was just cooking. Dude. I was just cooking. Because yeah. I, I want to say now in my catalog. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I have 78 songs out right now. Oh, dude, that's... That's solid. <laughs> that's awesome. Once again, I don't have 78 bangers, but at the same <laughs> time, shit, now, I want to say there's a good... 25 30 that i could put on and people will enjoy and people might not even expect me to create the music that i do now and it's like it's been a fun journey because it was something that was really my therapy it was my it was my go-to i gave up once and i hate sound like a broken record but i gave up drugs cold turkey this last time Mm -hmm. 
and I really needed something to focus on when I was feeling sick, when I felt like giving up, when I felt like just ending everything at that point in time, it really grabbed me by my neck and said, nah, man, like, I don't know when you're going to make the song that someone needs to hear, but you're going to stay around to make that song. And shit, 78 songs later, I'm still on a journey to make that song. It, it just works. Dude, and I think the, the, the dopest thing about that is that, like, you know, you kind of said not all of them are bangers, which is fine, right? Yeah. Like, everything that you do, um, especially when it comes to, like, hip-hop, especially when it comes to, like, this type of thing where you're, you're essentially working, like, on your own, mm-hmm. right? So everything progresses your craft. This song might not be like at the top of your list, but you have gained something from that track because you might have tried a different flow. You might have tried mm-hmm. something different. Your vocabulary is stepping up. Everything that you're doing is kind of building off of each other. And the same thing like with freestyling in the dispensary, like that's fucking dope. That's because so like sick. like there's 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 writing and then there's freestyling where you know, like on one hand, you can fine tune shit when you're writing, mm-hmm. when you're freestyling, when you're with people like that, though, is going to build you up even more because this is all off the top of the head, right? Like it's all to- off the top of the dome. So you yeah. got to come out and you got to like either you're going to say the same shit over and over again or you're going to step it up and you're going to have this ability to like, oh, this dude came in and his sneakers are busted up. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about the stain on your T-shirt because you were eating a hot dog earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you just find little things that you can build off of and, and go. And that like in turn, just all of that builds your craft as a lyricist because you're you're just finding different ways to express yourself. It's, it's another piece of the puzzle, like of being a student of the game. I know I know people in heavy music don't say it, but like we're all students uh, of the musical game like we're all trying to learn we're all trying to better ourselves we're all trying to find that next thing that no one's heard that yeah. we can put our stamp on and say you know what that's me and with like freestyling just always made sense to me like i'm saying from the first day that the homie said hey freestyle that's that that to me is uh, performing is is my most high. I love performing. I could rock a crowd to twenty. I could rock a crowd. To, I think the biggest was maybe like a hundred and fifty, mm-hmm. and I just love it. I love that energy. I love giving and I love getting it back. Fuck, where was I going with that? <laughs> Damn, see that's my downfall. I should tell you that right now, but no, see reiterate what you were saying because I know where I wanted to go with that. Yeah, oh, freestyling. Yeah, another game. Yeah, yeah. Just do another game, freestyling. Freestyling is where I have my most fun. Yeah. Like to just, I'll, I'll pull it up after we do all this, but like, that's where you just see me just having fun, smiling, doing what I got to do because it's, it's mentally a workout. Mm-hmm. It's, I can't just sit there and say, oh, fuck you and your crew and your shoes. Like, I, I'm not an ABC rapper, so right. I got to, all right, change it up. How do I talk? I talk a little bit gutter. I talk a little bit different. So I got to make that come out in my rapping, in my hip hop. And it's like the freestyling shit. I'm glad I discovered that before really trying to write a song because mm-hmm. I don't think I'd be as far in hip hop mm-hmm. if I didn't find the love for freestyling mm-hmm. before creating the song. Yeah. It's a, it's a different beast in and of itself, even though they tie so closely together. But if you look at like, 
you know, for Mike, for example, if you look at a bunch of hip hop artists now, right, there's a difference between people will say like, oh, this is a freestyle and they're still reading it off their phone when they're rapping, which I fucking hate oh, versus man. like somebody that you, you could see just comes in like they give you a beat and they tell you like, hey, rap about this. And the people that like have their mind trained for freestyle and you're like, I could rap about this cup. And then you'll tell me switch to that Sharpie and my verses will switch to about that Sharpie. And then we'll talk about the guitars on the wall. And you just throw like these ideas at people. And then if they can pick up and run with it, that flow, that's like, it's a different type of training for your brain mm -hmm. because, okay, like I can think on the spot and I can just, and it's kind of like when we all get together and we start ripping on each other. I was about to say, like when the like, homies would start ripping, yeah. like if you weren't quick with it, you're done. Yeah, you're getting burned, boy. You're getting. I know I'm toasting your ass because you ain't got shit to say. Same, same with hip hop, and I think because I was battling people at a certain point, and that was my introduction to kicking rhymes. I kind of was going into a war field. Like, yeah, I knew how to physically fight, but I can't fucking punch someone because they say some shit that I take offense to. Like when we're rapping, and that I had to mentally train myself for because I'm sitting there like, oh, no, this was calling me a bitch like <laughs> in life this would not yeah this normally is, occur uh, so frequently but all right well cool now i know i can call you a bitch yeah. so it just kind of gives me where i can play and it shows where people's mentals are at because you might mm -hmm. have someone that just might pick me apart in the craziest way and not say anything derogatory towards me right and you might have someone just look at me and say you fucking Forrest Gump looking motherfucker and just <laughs> that'll be their freestyle uh -huh. when uh, the I used to always trip because it was every time that I would freestyle with people or whatever if somebody told an Asian joke I was like you're out like this is this is the easiest thing to yeah, fucking talk low hanging about. fruit yeah let's just make an Asian joke my eyes are small yeah I know right <laughs> and then but like the people that would so find ways to say it without literally saying my eyes are small i'd be like oh you're clever yeah. oh you know I mean? like, <laughs> so like just that that ideal of like i can tell you fuck you in like 36 different ways without just saying fuck you like that's the part i love just yeah. makes it so much yeah, better yeah. It, that's cool patch stuff on the back a little bit like you know what <laughs> you did that so freestyle is basically it it, it's like a the difference between someone who like someone who's like who's trained to fight but has never been in a street fight as opposed to someone who's only been in street fights and then fights a train and fight. then fights a train fight yeah. it's like you're gonna see the difference in and and what they do one who's like passionate about it the other one who's like just there to do it i guess well yeah. well like thinking back on like um if you listen to old school like ludicrous stuff right like ludicrous back in the day would call into the radio stations and just freestyle at the radio stations like before he put out records or anything like that and that's how he got discovered because he would call in and do these freestyles of the radio stations um and so it's just stuff like that like being quick-witted it keeps you on your toes and then when you apply that to writing like you're already in the state of mind where you can just do and say a one sentence in a million different ways it just boosts your writing like times 10. It's like something something with no bragging rights that you're really good at with like forming a thought or a sentence. It's not just straightforward, right? It's not just like a, it's not just here's straight to the point. Here's what we're saying. Like there's ways that you mold and shape that story around the point that you're trying to get across. And it's like the same idea with 
with like the good hip hop artists that are telling a story can tell you that story and like weave this whole intricate picture. And I just, I just guess I don't, it, it hurts my brain to see how fast it happens. Like for your, for your buddy to be like, yo, freestyle on this. If Mike were to put on a beat, like freestyle over this, I'd be like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think it kind of adds to like who I am too. Cause I mean, it, it comes into like, I was such a people pleaser growing up that I would stretch myself so thin for my homies, mm-hmm. which is why I say like I was a soldier at a certain point. But mm-hmm. like, th- not anyone could do that. But like I'm saying, there's certain big homies I had that put me on the hardcore scene, mm-hmm. sort of walked me through and showed me how to maneuver in the scene. Mm-hmm. And he was one that could literally sit there and say, you know what, freestyle right now. And I said, all right, well, fuck. <laughs> someone else might have done it and it we might not be here talking about how the hip-hop started but i'm thankful he did because i know for a fact anyone else could be like tell me freestyle shut the fuck up dog like no, you freestyle yeah. <laughs> no joke like i'm not a clown you do it but with him i didn't take it like that and it opened my eyes that even though i was fucking on drugs it still presented myself like you know what dog you could still do something mm-hmm. and you're half-assing it right now so what if you applied yourself a little bit? All right, fuck it. Let's see what we can do. 78 songs. 78 songs later. Dude. 78's a lot. Dude, and, and, to, and to finish, because you could have, there's a lot of people who could be in a gear position and it can be like, dude, I have like 78 ideas. Or I could have, uh, <laughs> I could have, you know, and people who are like, yeah, you know, all right, dude, like, if I had to put all my stuff together, I probably got like seventy-eight songs. Like we all know a lot of those people for any genre of music. So to have like like we and I like how you said you know your first couple of songs they weren't good, but you still put them out. Yeah. Like yeah. I I kinda, I like to think that that comes from also like the hardcore background. DIY. It's like, fuck it. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. Fucking like mentality. there's a demo. <laughs> That's our first recording. Until we until we write better shit. It's yeah. a little raw. It's a little <laughs> gritty. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound the best, but it's just that raw, That's what it is, rugged. And we'll be the first to say, like, oh, listen to this. I fucked up that part. Yeah. Right there. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, listen, see what I do right here? I fucked that up. That's a mistake. If you hear, if you like it, it's cool, but that wasn't yeah, supposed I, to be uh, in there. I fucked that up. <laughs> like, don't listen to this. It's fine. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So, a uh, couple questions for you. Um, you know, we kind of answered a lot of them, but what made you want to become an MC? Did you always enjoy hip hop or did hip hop come after the heavy or was it um, kind of intertwined? Growing up, I mean, I'm, an, I'm a kid of the 90s. So, I mean, on the radio, you had Biggie, you had Mace, you had Tupac, you had Snoop. You had a lot of the West Coast and East Coast legends that were accessible on the radio. And I mean, as a young kid who didn't necessarily have CDs... I knew I liked that sound. And then it just molded more. I fell out of hip hop when I got hyper fixated and found the heavy because Mm -hmm. at that point in time, the heavy was new. The heavy was something that just rattled my brain in the Mm -hmm. best way possible. But hip hop was always there. I I know you guys not remember, but in the sense of like the early 2000s when you had that one person that might pull up to a show and they're listening to the Postal Service or they're listening to Circus Survive, but it's one of the baddest motherfuckers you've probably ever seen in your life. 
that's kind of what I was doing when I was pulling up the shows. I was listening to circa hip hop, like anything that wasn't heavy, because I was already gonna be beating ass at the yeah. show. <laughs> so they always tied together because I never held myself to just one style of music. Like growing up, besides being a hardcore kid, I was a skater and a punk. Yeah. So like British Invasion as a kid, I think my first British Invasion at the Nas Center was when they had the riot in 2003 so i was 12 <laughs> so i was a 12 year old kid going to british invasions and shit like that so i don't know i've always been eclectic but what made me want to be an mc and just tell my story like i'm saying was we all lost luis and it was bad and i just wanted to tell the world that it's okay we all go through loss we all go through shit we all get depressed we all face these highs and these lows and in my life which has been a fucking crazy life over the past 33 years i could talk about anything from being in the streets gang banging from being at hardcore shows being with the crew from being an 18 year old dad from getting into some of the craziest fights to where i should be dead but i'm not so I feel it makes perfect sense that I make hip-hop because I can rap about me, which happens to be a crazy enigma because I've lived a bunch of lives. Mm -hmm. I've dabbled in the punk scene. I've dabbled in hardcore. I dabbled in rockabilly and psychabilly just because I love music. Yeah. I was that hardcore kid at a rockabilly show. I was that hardcore kid at a punk show. But I just love the music. So making hip-hop and finding a love in music again is what made me want to be an MC. because going through this dark time made these songs and literally told people i'm not going to do shows i'm just doing this for therapy you're only going to hear these songs i'm recording mm -hmm. to getting balls and saying dog people are asking you to do shows you have songs that people now want to hear you have songs that make people happy fucking go perform them yeah do that shit and so that grew into it where I was like, you know what? Yeah. So fully embodying being an MC, just doing it is ma what made me want to do it even more. Because hmm. I all I could look at anyone and be like, oh, I want to do that or I want to do this. Yeah. But to fully go through it, shit, being an MC made me want to be an MC. Because hmm. if I never tested the waters, I would have never knew that I could kick a rhyme. I would have never knew that I could tell a story. I would have never knew that there's fucking people in Europe that are banging my music out. So I might have to go to Europe. Oh, yeah. But it it's like, happen. it's just crazy. Because even in the sense of like, and I'm here's my tangent, but I'm just blowing it out real quick. Like, I check all my analytics for my Spotify to my Apple Music, everything. I'm a mm -hmm. creator. So I like looking at that shit. Mm -hmm. I want to say two days ago. I had a spike of like 400 people in Norway, Europe, Sweden, Denmark that were all just listening to my shit. Oh, yeah. And it made me feel good because at the end of the day, I just wanted one person to hear it. And over the years, that number's just been growing just a little bit. And it just makes me feel good because I know there's some, I wanted to make a song that would help someone. And now I know somewhere in life, because of a DM or something that has occurred, like I have made a song yeah. that has fucking helped someone. And it's a beautiful fucking feeling, yeah. dude. It's mm -hmm. a beautiful feeling. 
just came full 360 though. Used to make songs that people could beat ass to. Now <laughs> <laughs> make some songs that people can, you know, smile over, cry over. Could beat ass to, but differently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then shout out 97 minutes. Why doesn't Tyke love me anymore? Oh, baby. <laughs> I don't even have to say his name because I already mentioned him in the interview. Mm-hmm. He better stop that right now. <laughs> he better stop that. <clears throat> he doesn't call me anymore for our dinner dates. <laughs> David. And then wasn't Davey the other one? Yeah, the other David one was, was Davey from Ceasefire. Oh shit, Pierce! Yeah, yeah, that's a good dude. That's yeah, a good yeah. dude right there. And see that it's just the hardcore scene. Me and him years back never saw eye to eye. Just crew shit, bullshit. Did you guys fight? Uh one on one. No, our crews fought. Yeah, like, okay. yeah, heavy hands and <laughs> uh, CYC probably fought a couple times. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of my dudes mm-hmm. now go to show like when i do come out mm-hmm. and i see him i definitely make it known that i'm gonna go say what's up to him right, like cool. right some of the people that i fucking fought are some of my good friends i love that <laughs> <laughs> i fucking love that so much and that makes the best story because as cliche as it sounds we've all heard that from mm-hmm. anyone that's come up in a, in a hard music sense but mm-hmm. it's like Nah, man, I I hate some of my best friends that I came up in the scene with, and I love some of the dudes that I hated the most. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it worked out. Mm-hmm. It's just how the fucking the cards fell on that one. Dude. But yeah, shout out <laughs> David Pierce and Ceasefire. Shout out David Omen and my boys in 97 Minutes. Shout out to IE. <laughs> IE's coming up right now, man, and it makes me proud. Mm-hmm. To be witnessing the rebirth of something so nice. Yeah. Because you guys know, IE kind of died out when pandemic hit, and even a little bit before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Shows are just moving. Oh, no, the IE was just getting missed. Yeah. No one was coming out here no more. But 2024, it's going to be it's going to be a it's good, be good year, good year yeah, for yeah. hip-hop. It's going to be a good year for music, bro, in general. Mm-hmm. And it's just nice because... A lot of the homies, like the homies in Division One booking that used to do uh, Inland Hardcore, mm-hmm. uh, were in the talks. We might be in some like hip hop hardcore shows and stuff like yeah. that. Like, Sick. and just to even play that to be considered to be able to play with my homies, even though I'm not messing around in that ball field anymore, it's dope. Yeah, because it makes me feel makes me feel happy to kind of come back and see the love still there that was always there that i never really cared for at the time Mm -hmm. and it's just i don't know i don't have too many regrets but feel bad for leaving but you know hardcore still here sometimes you got to walk away it 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 didn't miss me and it gave me room to miss it a little (laughs) bit more so that's what made it cool yeah shit let's uh let's jump into our mental health check man oh man our mental health check is where we like to check in weekly to see where we're at mentally. That way, if things are going great, what's happening in our lives, or what are we doing that's uh, keeping that greatness, or uh, if we're not doing so hot, maybe what what's going on in our life, or maybe what are we neglecting to do that normally keeps us there. So, who wants to go first? You, Michael. Me? I yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. 
Uh, mentally, I feel like I'm doing well. Like, um, you know, a lot of the things that keep me keep me in a good place is singing. So I've been able to sing. Um, and, uh, man, I'm, like, I'm so, I, I don't even want to know how many times we've said this on the show, but, like, trying to get back in shape. I kind of need to. <laughs> this I'm getting to that point where it's like no longer something to like. Oh, just so I can like be on stage. It's like no, just so I can like be here. Yeah, <laughs> you know? just like, like be alive. So I want to be. Yeah, I just want to be here. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like I'm doing doing good. Um, these guys know this next week's gonna be pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, How's that. I feel like mentally. <laughs> I feel like mentally. Uh, I'm in a. I'm in a good place and I feel like I feel like I'm I feel like I'm I'm in a good spot for just like the craziness that's coming. Good things I feel. Good good things. Good things. <laughs> uh, Ty, where are you where are you at this week? Shit, this week? I know it's funny cuz we were listening to one of the podcasts and I knew when this question came up I said fuck that's gonna be a, that's gonna be an awesome answer right here because I already knew we can go down it a bunch of ways, but mm-hmm. just hearing you explain a little bit more made sense. So I won't even go down the tangent. Mm-hmm. Mentally, I I really try to always be good. As mm-hmm. as cliche as that sounds, like I lived with such an unhealthy mentality as a teenager up until my young adulthood, where just didn't really fucking care. Mm-hmm. And when you don't care about yourself. You just don't care about anything else. And I try to make sure whether it's talking to my lady about how my day at work went or just Mm -hmm. calling my son up or texting him, hey, how was your day at school? Just being able to talk to the people that are really in my life is what keeps me good. Because there's there's points where she might look at me on a Sunday and I'm tired because life is just handing me a shit sandwich and a shit storm all on the same day. And I can look at her two days later and say, you know what, man, like, everything's good. Like, even in the times where I trip and I'm like, nah, fuck it. Just being able to vent, just being able to write a song, just being able to, like I'm saying, talk to people. Because I did not do that for so long in my life Mm -hmm. that I buried stuff down when shit occurred. That that's why I was so angry and so toxic Mm -hmm. in how I handled myself. That going on these tangents talking to my lady talking to my son being able to talk to you guys that's what really keeps me good and in the biggest hindsight of things i could present to you 12 problems i got right now but shit i'll I'll handle them when i gotta handle them i'll cross that bridge when i gotta cross that bridge so i just want to say shout out to my lady for really doing the job that everybody else promised in life and she fucking came through and delivered Mm. and she'd never needed to she wants to Mm. so shout out baby girl because she's doing the damn thing and that's that's what i and she's here right now so he meant every word of that (laughs) every (laughs) single word oh don't don't crash so they're crying (laughs) but no man that's that's me like that's you guys obviously know it now like i I, I feel like I don't have too much to say, but get me talking about just shit that has me passionate and you can't get me to shut up. And that's when I'm the most happy. Yeah. When no one's looking at me like, hey, fool, shut the fuck up. Like, you're bringing us all down right now. Like, <laughs> when I could elevate and uplift the room instead of do what I used to do and just be that dark gray cloud, that is my ultimate, like, 
seeing the result and me being happy. Like, mm-hmm. you're good where you're at. You could be anywhere else. You could be in the streets. You could be a fucking millionaire if you really applied yourself. But you're where you need to be. Yeah. And you're good. Yeah. Love that. Nice. Michael. Well, I don't know how to follow that up, but uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm good. You know, uh, this week has been, um, or last week was was kind of uh, just busy, and I I felt like at at some point, um, I don't know if I was getting sick or if I just like I've been just going so hard that my body was just just was like, dude, fuck off, wear it down. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we had like we because Torch Culture had a show last Friday, which ended up being a fucking sick show yeah, it was good. um but like tuesday night we had practice and like as i was driving steve home like and i practiced with earplugs in my whole head was like fucked like it felt like i blew out my eardrums it uh, felt like i blew out my voice all of it and i was like dude i i i can't tell if this is me getting sick or if i'm just tired and this was just a lot right or so, age maybe or, it might be age <laughs> yeah it happens to the best of us it might be age um <laughs> You know, it's it's tough being in your thirties, Mike. <laughs> <Touché. laughs> um, you know, but uh yeah, I felt I felt just shot. So like I ended up um calling in sick on um Wednesday and Thursday. I just was like, dude, I'm gonna rest. I'm just gonna, you know, like kind of take care of some things that I need to do like for me. And like part of that was like just because I, I can't sit still. So part of that was just lay in bed, relax, watch some movies, watch some TV, whatever. Um, the only thing I did pretty much on those days was I uh, went and took my guitar, which was more like a, a mental health thing for me than anything else. <laughs> took my guitar over to this crazy madman tech in Ontario who fucking killed it on that thing. Um, yeah, I, I just kind of took some time to just chill. And then by Friday, like I was still tired, but I felt way better. Um, and then the show... The show was kind of funny because we were, <laughs> we were at the Haven in Pomona, um, you know, for our boys in Brainless CD release show. Um, and uh, and me and Gabe are standing up front and we're like, dude, like there's like seven other shows going on tonight. And then there's this line in front of the venue. Um, not for us, for uh, Glasshouse <laughs> down the street. <laughs> and I was like, that was the best part about having shows right there. Like, yeah, you know, it was Aladdin's because yeah. you can see that big ass line from yeah. Glasshouse. <laughs> And then all the hardcore kids and shit. Yeah. And then there was like seven hardcore yeah. kids on the side. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so like we and and I think Mike waited in that line oh, for a little dude, bit. How long did you wait? Did in I that tell line? my story? <laughs> I got so I part. I got there early. Yeah. And I you know I didn't get tickets because I was just like I was like ah oh, I'm, I'm gonna get there early. They should have some you know yeah. if, even if it does sell out I should I should be there early enough. But I I pull I start, I walk up to the line. There's a line around the almost like around the building. I was just like. Oh fuck! Like, dude, I, dude, I fucked up. Dude. Like, I was like, dude, I'm, you know, I, I knew, I knew Twisted King was sick, but I didn't know like, I didn't know they were this. I don't know, sick. like this. So like, I was like, oh fuck! So I'm like in line, and I'm just not even like paying attention to like my surroundings or who's in line with me, until one guy finds like, hey, who are you here to see? I was like. <laughs> You know and, it's bad and, when the line calls you out. And right, and right away, shit. right away, I'm, I'm like thinking like, oh man, I shouldn't have worn a punk rock jacket because I'm wearing my no effects jacket <laughs> to a hardcore show. I was like, dude, is it really like that? And so I was just like, I don't know. Like, you're, 
I know that some of the dudes in Darsum and dark torture culture and as in brainless. And he's like, okay, yeah, this is for the glass house. <laughs> and I was like, what? He's like, are you here to see this band? And he like pulled up the, the flyer. I was like, oh, what? I don't know. That he's like, he's like, yeah, I think TikTok. He's like, you can just, oh, shit. he's like, you can just walk into your show. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> And sure enough, sure enough, you could just walk in. God and, when, damn. and when I looked around, I was, it was like these young kids, dude. Like it, I was like, oh shit! I was like, dude, what? <laughs> oh my gosh! Like and then yeah, oh, yeah. it was funny. Yeah, I was uh, I was a little nervous going into that show because um, it was good though, good turnout. Yeah, I was like, damn it! Like we played we played early. I wasn't sure who was gonna be there. I wasn't sure what the turnout was gonna be like. And then I saw there's like seven other shows. Um, yeah. The Scowl show was like down the street. Oh shit! Um, so yeah. I was like, "Fuck, we're <laughs> fucked." <laughs> um, and so like seven rolls around, doors open. There's a couple kids trickling in here and there. Like, all right, cool. Like, regardless, we're gonna do what we do. We're gonna play, fucking whether there's two kids here or two hundred kids mm-hmm. here, right? Um, and right when we went to start our set, like a bunch of people came in, a bunch of kids came in and packed like packed it out. So yeah, good show. Yeah, it was a good show. Uh, it was fun, man. Um, I, and that's who booked that with five seven. Yeah, mm. they usually have good turnouts yeah. from what I've been seeing. Like I'm saying, I, have, I don't go out too many shows no more. But even seeing little snippets on IG and shit. Yeah, yeah. they usually have little good turnouts for what they're doing, which is cool. Yeah. That's cool as hell. So um, yeah, it ended up being it ended up being rad. It was a cool little show. Um, we played better than we've played in a long time. That was redemption for the. Yeah. It was redemption yeah, for the last time nice we played at that, at that venue. At that venue, we um, we fucked up. That's all right. That's all right. We we got it out. Yeah, we got out. Got our system. We we made it up for it. Happens. So it was cool, man. It was it was actually a a fun show. We got a cool little live video out of it that has Mike in it on one of the songs. So I I don't know I can't remember if we talked about this, but like, so I I go up on on one of their songs, (laughs) and so the last time they played there, I went up. Last time I was there. I was wearing my favorite jacket, no effects one, and so I was like, "I'm about to go on, same venue, same, same band, same guest spot, and wearing the same fucking thing that I was wearing last time." <laughs> so I like had to take off my jacket and my hoodie that was underneath it. <laughs> I was like, "I can't go wearing the same same gear." So anyway, I don't think anyone cared or noticed, but I don't think they did. And you probably would have looked cooler with it on for the video. Probably, yeah. <laughs> nah, dude, I was wearing my Zabobble t-shirt, dude. True, true. <clears throat> Even but, harder, yeah. Not a bad choice, uh-uh. but yeah, everything's been good, man. We can't can't complain. Can't complain. Let's talk. Let's talk playlist before we get out of here. Yeah. Uh, so we have a Spotify playlist that we put together for um, pretty much the podcast. Okay. So two things. One, um, we want to throw one of your jams on there. Mm-hmm. Your choice. What what song of yours would you want to put? Uh, Righteous ones featuring Speak. Just cause that, like I said, there's 78. That one is one of the ones. Heck yeah. Um, and then what is a uh, what's a jam that you've been you know listening to that's put you in a good headspace? Could be anything, any, any, genre. any genre, any music, whatever. <sighs> what have I been listening to? Shit. I know this question is gonna happen. Wow, yeah, you always forget. <laughs> I always forget. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll go ahead and say mine. Uh, there's this apparently Australian metalcore cartoon band oh. um, called Lost Souls. 
and they have a song called Childhood Died. And it's basically about how all the new Star Wars series sucked and how <laughs> how upset they so were that like good, that Luke Skywalker was kind of a bitch in the new uh like they're like, How the fuck can a Jedi die for being tired in the song? <laughs> and so the song's hilarious. And it's actually done really, really well. So that's my that's my jam for this week. <clears throat> uh Lost Souls. They're basically like a metalcore gorillas. I'm I, now that I'm thinking about it, and the song's just been reoccurring because I know uh, we're gonna catch my sick new world. But I've been listening to "Hypnotize" on repeat by System of a Down, kind of like religiously. But then I've been going through like their whole catalog. Like, I think I bumped "Toxicity" the other day. Um, the album with Sugar and shit like that. Like I think the yeah. first album. Uh, I forgot how much I fucking love that band. <laughs> and, uh, our ho- uh, didn't this Madre cover Sugar? Yeah, our homies in this yeah. Madre cover. Yeah, that's Sugar. awesome. That's tight. And it went off. That's sick. I should release that one. <laughs> Mike, we want to throw in the playlist. Oh, dude, I think just because I've been I've been on this kind of kick lately, and I think I should probably go back to visit, visiting some of the heavier stuff because I. <laughs> Oh, uh, Fiddler on the Roof? I've been or? putting on some. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, let's throw on uh, Anesthesia by uh, Shai Hulud. Damn. Nice. <laughs> nah, dude. I mean, they're sick, but. <laughs> Shai Hulud at the showcase was some of the dopest shows. Dude. Ever, see, but we don't even want to start talking about showcase, man. I'd be home another twelve <laughs> hours. Dude. So, and you know, obviously, you know the Pitbull Dan. Hmm? Yeah. So my little quick story with him. So this is like long, long time ago, but we were playing Trilogy Theater, and I think he was he was the I think he was the promoter of the show, and when we were going up, everybody's like, "Oh, dude, he's not gonna pay you guys. Like, he's he's not gonna do you guys. You guys are you guys singing your shit. Like, he's not gonna be into it." And so we go to the show, and I didn't know who he was. And we just started talking, and I forget what T-shirt I was wearing, but he kind of made a comment on my, on my shirt. And I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, so much showcase and stuff. He's like, that's cool. I was like, yeah. I was like, honestly, I'm, like, new to hardcore. I was like, I grew up in punk rock. And we started talking about punk. And oh, like, big punk head. Yeah. yeah. And so we are talking about punk, and, like, I was like, oh, this guy's so cool. And everybody's like, dude, that's Dan. Yeah. I was like... Dude, he's cool as fuck. Yeah, he's nice as fuck. As soon as you get to know him and Art, like, that was the crazy thing because everyone, just big motherfuckers, mm-hmm. you know, they rolled with and shit. So it was like, oh shit. Some of the nicest dudes, yeah. also genuine. Some of the most genuine yeah. people you could ever meet. Yeah, we got we got paid, we got taken care of. I was like, I was like, what's the big deal? <laughs> I don't deal, know man? what you guys are talking yeah, about. Yeah, I was like, we got we taken had, care I was like, of. We had a great time. <laughs> so, sick. Yeah, shout out that boy, Dan. That's yeah. a good motherfucker right there. So you want to. Plug any socials or anything? Man, if you have never experienced Tyke and this is sort of your first from seeing me with the boys, uh, find me on Instagram at Welcome to the Tyke Show, all one word, uh, T E Y E K. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Deezer, everything except SoundCloud, pretty much. I mean, you can find me, T E Y E K. 
bang out any of those add them to your current playlist your mother's playlist your father's playlist whoever that listens to music um and that's pretty much it we got shows cooking up so if, if like if people do follow the socials they definitely see them um that's that's it the only other thing i want to shout out is uh and i know he's gonna laugh when he hears it but uh Shout out those boys from Harsh Reality. Shout out my boy Adrian. <laughs> Shout out my boy Rich. Oh, yeah. um, little known fact, Rich is one of my producers that makes music. So besides being a oh, dope-ass guitar player, he's one of the most intricate producers I could have ever come across. And oh, dude's been my good homie since probably 14, 13. So a while, because he grew up in the city and everything. Mm. And yeah, I just wanted to shout two of those motherfuckers out because they've been two people from the scene that have supported my music since I started. Mm -hmm. Adrian was in one of my first music videos. When everyone said they would pull up, he was one of the only people that pulled up. And Rich has gave me some of the best beats that I could rap over. Dude, I honestly, Adrian was, I think, one of the first people that I saw post your shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that was when I first saw you a, a while back. Um, so... Yeah, dude, shot Adrian, and man. that's what I'm saying. That's what, and that's hometown hero, dude. Yeah, the goat, the that that boy. He was another one who I saw come up in the scene. We saw each other at the same fucking local shows, and he was someone who I always dogged out just because of my ego, my my pride, and fucking 15, 16 years later, he's one of the best dudes, one of my yeah. best dudes, bro, and I. He's seriously someone I'm thankful for because that motherfucker has told me when shit didn't sound good and he tells me when I have some shit that's great. Yeah. And I can truly say he he's someone that I'm glad to have on my team. So shout out to you, homeboy. Nothing but love on this side. You know that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. One of the most... I, I'll, I'll throw this in there. One of the most stand-up dudes... Uh, in the scene, straight up. In the scene, out of the scene, whatever. Just one of the most stand-up dudes. Supportive, man. <clears throat> Supportive, and then he has a sick-ass band. Yeah. And they're fine. Yeah, My Enemy's Hero. <laughs> oh, fuck. Love you, Big Dog. <laughs> Wasn't me. <laughs> uh, shit, well, for us, at Walking Blind Pod everywhere, walkingblindpod at gmail.com. Um, merch store was updated so that the sh just the shirts are up once again those sizes are like super limited at this mm -hmm. point smalls and mediums a couple of like the bigger sizes um, but um, yeah you get, you guys can get those without the bundle now um, mm -hmm. up on the site uh, Feels on Wheels is back um, it is uh, in the shop or back here no it's here it's here it's back here <laughs> <laughs> don't jinx it again Mike. Okay, it um, you know so uh, yeah we're uh, that's still our ongoing project we do mm -hmm. still have the GoFundMe going for the Fields on Wheels um, you know once again shout out and thank you to everybody who has contributed to that um, you know small small steps to get that back on the road yes. <clears throat> um, continue to help support by following liking and subscribing ooh you're getting good at hey, this man, practice getting good at this <clears throat> but that's it uh, we love you guys. We will see you guys soon. Peace.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.